0: Welcome to church. How y'all feeling today? Are you alive? Come on, we got a big crowd here today. Would you help me welcome our Lancaster campus, our family in Lancaster? If you're online, man, we're we're so thankful that you're joining with us. If you are new to the X, can I just say welcome. We're excited that you're here and you couldn't have picked a better time to stop in and to maybe even become part of the church here and what God is doing. We are actually just began a a series of talks, uh, conversation starters, if you will, uh, around this idea of the matters of our mind. We just started this, and and, and here's why I say it's not just a sermon. Here's why I don't say it's just a message series. It's because my prayer, my desire, as we talk about the mind field, as we talk about the battle that rages within our minds, my hope and desire is that through these messages that, that something will begin to stir in you if you wrestle with this, to, you will have a conversation with somebody. I think what, there are so many of us that are in life, and I talked about this last week, that are actually battling anxiety in the situation they're in. They're, they're feeling depressed Going through a season of maybe something tragic that has them full of worry, fear of the future. And what I have found is that it is a growing epidemic in our culture today. This isn't just affecting uh, those of us who are a little bit older. In fact, what I mentioned last week that we're discovering is that the youngest generation, Generation Z, they're calling this generation of, of anxious people the most anxious generation we have. That, that, I, I can't tell you how much just it weighed heavily just as we began this series of talks. How many parents told me their kid is wrestling with this? It's a, it's a real thing. And, and so here's my desire. My desire is that I want to talk about it. I don't want to be quiet about it. I want to bring it to the forefront. I want to talk about it because here's what I know. And we say this all the time. This affects so many of us. And if you're here today, you came into Lancaster, here in Lithopolis, and you say, man, I I struggle with thoughts, I struggle with suicidal thoughts, I struggle with depression, I struggle with feeling anxious, I want you to hear this, you are not alone. You're not alone. There are way more people that are dealing with this than you could ever imagine. Just in this community, you're not alone. And I want you to hear that. I want you to hear from me and say, we, we say it around here, it's okay if you don't feel okay it is okay you're in the right place and I and I I pray that something in this experience and something through this series of talks would get you if that's you to open your mouth why because your mind nobody knows what's going on in your mind and the most dangerous thing that you can do is stay in a battle in your mind that you maybe cannot win on your own. And I believe a pathway to finding freedom and to find healing is to open your mouth and begin to talk to other people and share what's going on. And so I just want that, to, that's my hope. And today what I want to do in this, as we continue this series of talks, is I want to talk about anxiety. How many of you uh, have felt anxious in the past week? Raise your hand if you felt anxious. okay. That's almost all of us wow like like I get it I, I I feel it too um anxiety is is a man it's a crippling thing that we experience in our lives now as I say I want to talk about anxiety I, I want to at least separate this I want you to hear me because there are some that within our community that that don't deal with anxiety just because their job situation this happened that, that happens that's real But I I want to say there's a difference between we all face anxiety from time to time and some who battle this on a regular basis and have a clinical diagnosis of anxiety disorder. That's a real thing. And what it is, if you've ever, and most of you said, oh, I felt anxious this week. I've dealt with it. People with anxiety disorder feel that way all the time. It's a consistent in a constant struggle with anxiety, with worry, with fear, with all of that. And I just wanna say, if that is you, this message is, is I, be, I pray something in this would begin to spark and maybe move you toward freedom. But I also wanna recognize that if you are in treatment or talking to somebody, or a therapist, or counselor, you need to be, you might be taking medication, keep doing that. We believe in a holistic approach to dealing with our minds. But, but I do believe that maybe something that you discover today might actually begin to move you toward healing and freedom in your life. Amen? That's what we believe here. We believe that God is a healer. Amen? We believe that God can bring freedom. We don't just say it, but we believe it here. Listen, and I think anxiety affects us all. I don't care who you are, how old you are, how young you are. Anxiety affects us all. What, what do we have to be anxious over why do we have anxiety we you can have anxiety over the smallest things you can have anxiety over really big things you you might be someone who is now feeling that you've made maybe a lot of decisions in your life some bad financial decisions that that you can just see the weight of like your situation pressing in on you and it's like a head-on collision you're running right into maybe a bankruptcy or possibly losing your house let me tell you something that could probably cause anxiety maybe if you're a parent can i just tell you parents don't your kids cause anxiety just in general like you'll understand one day young people when you have kids it, they when they're when they're old enough and they're out and it's after 10 or 11 o'clock at night you're worried and checking your app to see where they are all the time it causes anxiety but some of you you know that that as a parent one of the things that I, i've i talked with a lot of parents and I, I can't imagine this but when you have a kid a child or someone that's that's headed in the wrong direction you don't know what to do I Can't even imagine and you don't know do do I I try to love them and say come on I I want you to do this or do I do tough love do I threaten because they're into this I'm gonna kick you out of the house. I don't know That's a thing that could cause anxiety in your life. I get it. I get it Or if you're going through something a medical thing or you're kind of having treatments And you're not sure if it's gonna work or if it's not gonna work We have so much that causes anxiety in your life. You're going through a divorce and you're afraid because you don't know what's on the other side Man, that's heavy. I just want you to understand. I understand that. That's heavy. I wonder, you know, what we we have. Let me just tell you. Try to build a multi-million dollar building because God's given you a vision that is so big, but it happens to be bigger than your bank account. I'm going to tell you, we all have things that cause anxiety. Hello? You know what I found about anxiety? Here's what I found about this is um, the tension of anxiety lives in the place where you don't know the outcome. That's where it lives. In fact, let me give you a definition of, of anxiety just because I want us all to operate from the same place. And I, I looked this definition up and it, I found a, a good one. Um, it, it comes from the Oxford Dictionary. And so you know if it, if it comes from Oxford, then it's probably really smart and probably right. So it's, here, here's a definition of anxiety. It, it, it would be this, a feeling of worry. I'm just so worried. I'm worried it's not gonna work. That feeling it's a feeling of worry nervousness or unease typically about an imminent event something that is so close or how about this something with an uncertain outcome Isn't that where anxiety lives in our minds it's in that place where everything is uncertain and I don't know how this is going to turn out I'm freaking out because I I just what if she leaves and and what if uh, they don't come back and what if I run into this person anxiety lives in the not knowing you know what else lives in the not knowing faith can I just say they might actually operate in the same place. It, it operates in the what ifs it, it operates in this might happen but guess what it might not happen but that's where it lives the most and I don't know what you've ha- had to be anxious about but I've got so many different things and sometimes they're big and sometimes they're little and uh I'll tell you, can I tell you something that makes me anxious and I'm not trying to say this to make light of anything but it's it's real it's legitimate for me um roller coasters make me anxious can I get a witness from anybody else here that's saved? All right, praise the Lord. Pray for the rest of you. Roller coasters. My, my wife had this idea. This is about a month, month and a half ago, um, that we would go and take our youngest daughter to Kings Island for her birthday, and um, she knows that I am totally uh, against theme parks. And um, the diff- the thing is, I'm for my family, so I'll go with them and it's been a long time and so she's like come on we got to go back and i I gotta be honest with you i am really really trying to get over my fear of roller coasters i mean i just want to and i feel like i'm actually getting better i feel like i'm actually starting to conquer it because if you don't know this by now i have conquered pretty much every roller coaster at disney world so i don't know if that counts i don't know why y'all laughing they got real rides okay and, uh, and so I pretty much conquered. In fact, that's where my, my wife is and my daughters today. Uh, they're, they're in Florida going to Disney. That's, that's my wife's happy place. And so I need to send her there every so often. But I stay here and, um, because I love you guys. And I love the Lord. And so that's why I stay here. I love Jesus. And, and, uh, I, and so she said, come on, come on, let's go to King's Island. And, and so we go to King's Island and uh she says uh you're my riding partner i'm like nah nah just i'll i'll hold your purse and and you can ride she's like no no i need you to go on the rides and so i feel like okay i'm getting better at it and so um you know they, they got these warnings on all of them and they got them scored out of five and she's like this one's a three you can do this one you know this one's a four it's a little patronizing but i get it and so we get on one of them, and I'm like, you know, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, you know, but it didn't have a big heel. I was like, okay, I, I survived that. She did get me to go on the racers, if you've ever been on the Kings Island. I hated every second of it. I may have been yelling things the whole ride, and it, it, I didn't need to repent, but it was just, it was not a good experience. I will never get on them again. I hated them and uh and so so my wife she convinces me to go on this other ride i don't remember the name of it it's a, they revamped it some roller coaster she's like hey, you're gonna love it. it's easy down a big hill you, you're gonna love it i'm like i don't love it but i'm fine i'll go and so uh we're, we're getting in line and we're going there and you just have to understand here's the way anxiety works okay those of you that get anxious about it could be something like roller coasters it could be your situation uh for me i like shut down like i don't want to talk which is a miracle i don't I don't like to talk. I get super nervous. I get pale. Uh, I can feel it on the inside. You know what I'm talking about? When you feel that thing on the inside where everything feels like it's shaking on the inside. That's the way I get. And so we get into in under this ride and we strap in. And and the first part of the ride is the worst almost for me. It's the where you're really slow up the hill. And she looks at me and I I look panic stricken. And she she makes a comment. She's like, "My gosh, are you gonna pass out? What's wrong?" She was like, "I wonder what your pulse is. You look terrible." And, and I happen to have my Apple Watch, so I put on the heart monitor app on there, and it wasn't too bad. I was just over 100, and it, and we hadn't even started on the ride, but I knew it was coming, and so I held on for dear life. And when we got off of the ride, I checked it, and it had reached about 130 on the ride. And, and I just wa- I wanted to say that so you felt sorry for me and you knew this is a real thing for me. And I know you guys think it's funny, but the reason why it's my anxiety is because it lives in my mind. Can I just tell you the reason why you battle with something that somebody else doesn't battle with is because it's in your mind and it's real. And it's because you're afraid of the outcome. You see, every time I get on a ride, the thought is I'm going to die. It's going to kill me. This is the end. Is my will in order? The car's going to fly off the tracks. I'm going to die. That's what what I think. And and that's what anxiety does. That's where it lives. It lives in the place where it's, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And I want to show a story. I want to share this with you. If you've got got your Bible with you, I'd love for you to get it out. and Turn to Mark chapter 4. It's in the New Testament. I want to share a story with you that I believe could really help give us a new perspective on storms hardships bad news things that we get in our life that lead us to anxiety mark chapter four uh let let me just begin reading verse 35 it says this i'm gonna read the message paraphrase i like the way it sounds it's just kind of it's just kind of like real it's real life that's what we're talking about today mark 4 35 says late that day he being jesus he said to them his disciples, let's go across to the other side. And so they took him in the boat as he was, and other boats came along. And then here's what happened. It says a huge storm came up, and waves poured into the boat, threatening to sink it. And it says Jesus was in the stern. Do any of you know where the stern of a boat is? What does it say? It's in the it's the back okay it's the aft it's the i I know all these nautical terms because i looked them up so i don't sound like an idiot and jesus was in the stern head on a pillow doing what everybody say it he was sawing logs while the boat's going down it says they roused him saying teacher is it nothing to you that we are going to drown Is it not even a big deal? How can you sleep at a time like this? That's what they were saying. You know what's interesting? I I was thinking about this story, and I know many of you have heard this story before. But there's only a few places in the New Testament that gives us a story of the disciples and Jesus in a boat sailing across the sea. And every place that we see them in a boat late at night sailing across the sea, there's always a storm that comes up on them. And, and and here's what's crazy to me, and I don't know if you picked this up in the story, but in all of the places in the New Testament where they're sailing across the sea and then a storm hits them, every single time we see it in the New Testament accounts, guess what? It's always Jesus's idea to get in the boat. There's another time when Jesus, they got done feeding the multitudes, the, the 5,000 men plus women and children. Jesus sent his disciples ahead of him on the boat. He said, go ahead, get in the boat, sail to the other side, we'll go to the other side. Jesus was like, I'm not going on this ride. And I think it's maybe because he knew something was coming, I don't know. And he gets them, sends them in a boat. That's when the big massive storm comes at night and he comes walking to them on the water. And I thought to myself, Jesus, the son of God, I mean, here's the most, this, this is Jesus that can raise the dead to life. He did all that. And I found one thing he's not good at, and that's being a meteorologist. He, he is not good at knowing the weather. Here's Jesus, and he tells him to, to get in a boat and to sail the other side, and a massive storm comes up. And it's a reminder to all of us and i need you to hear this if you're a christ follower if you're even thinking about it you need to hear this that following jesus doesn't mean we won't have storms in our life do you hear me because i know sometimes some of you might be maybe you came to church today and your life feels like it's kind of shaking it feels like you're in a mess and you've tried it your way, and so maybe part of the reason why you came to church today, or you, you, maybe this was your story, is because you thought, I need to try God. Maybe with God, my life will be better. Can I tell you something? With God, with Jesus, your life will be better. But it doesn't mean that you won't have storms, and I need to make sure that we all understand that. Because here's the thing, you can love God and still have to battle cancer. You can love God and, and still go through something tragic. Please hear me. You can love God and still end up going through a divorce and someone leaves you. you, you just because you follow Jesus doesn't mean there's no storms. In fact, Jesus told them, hey, let's get in the boat and sail. And so it's in this place where, where they're on this boat and they're sailing across with Jesus in the boat. Massive storm comes up and they're frantic. I get this mental picture in my mind. This is the way I view the Bible. And maybe maybe you read it and it's kind of boring to you. But when I read it, all I can picture is like the movie Titanic. Titanic. And the boat's going down, and people are screaming, and deck chairs are sliding, and it's chaos, and James and John are over trying to scoop water out. They're all screaming, and Bartholomew's up in the front of the boat, curled up in a fetal position, crying to his mommy, and you know, they're trying to figure out how do we lighten the load? What do we do? We need to, we should throw someone overboard. They look over at Judas, they're like, "Mm, maybe, you know, they're just not... It's panic. It's fear. It's we're going to die. Can I just tell you that picture? I know it real life thing. That's how it feels when you deal with anxiety in your mind. It's panic. I'm freaking out. The ship's going down. And let me tell you what anxiety does. Anxiety causes us to fear the unknown outcome. I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if the boat's going to make it here's this crazy dichotomy, this picture that I need you to see. Because this is what drew me to the story as I was thinking about the battle we wrestle with anxiety. It's, It's this picture of frantic disciples. They're trying to do everything they can to stay afloat. And meanwhile, Jesus is in the stern, asleep. They're frantic. He's sleeping. How is it that they're all in the same experience they're all in the same situation and one is asleep and the rest are panicked and I guess what I'm trying to say is that when it comes to our situations that sometimes it's our perspective in it that actually fuels our anxiety And so in mark 4 verse 38 can i reread to you what they did let me let me reread this in in the niv because i I want you to get this picture it says the disciples woke him jesus and they said to him teacher don't you what everybody say that word don't you care if we drown how can you sleep at a time like we're panicked we're freaking out we're going down don't you even care if we drown you know what's funny to me about that statement jesus is in the boat with them if they drown so does he but they're like don't you don't you see it for some reason jesus's perspective seemed to be different than the disciples and i want you to understand about your situations that you're going to face you're going to face them at work you're going to face them in your marriage you're going to face them with your kids you're going to face them at the doctor's office Can I just tell you something that your perspective is shaped by two things the disciples perspective in this situation was shaped by two things It was this first. It was how they viewed their situation. What did they say? We're gonna drown How they viewed it. We're gonna die Impending doom. It's over how you view your situation. That's the first part. The other part is this It's also about how you view Jesus in your situation Your perspective on life is shaped by how you view what you're experiencing and how you view God in what you're experiencing. That's what shapes you in life, okay? Just in life. And and here's where they are, and they're freaking out, and I totally get it. And here's what anxiety will do in our lives anxiety is that voice. It's the nervousness in your soul. And here's what anxiety will do. It always leads us to believe the worst will happen. They might sail to the other side and be fine. But anxiety, I just need you to know when you feel the panic, when you feel that inside of you, your mind will naturally go to the worst. We're going to die. He's going to leave. I'm going to get laid off. We can't afford this, that's what your mind will do. That's what anxiety always does. It leads us to Believe the worst like for example um, There was another ride that my wife went on when we were at Kings Island And this was a ride that I thought would not be like this is not a roller coaster And it was a it was a ride called the wind Seeker. I don't know if any of you have been to Kings Island It's these giant swings and who doesn't like swings you like your a swing set? And someone push you on the swings, that's nice, I like that. My, my daughter was trying to talk, and she was like, you got to go on that. Her and her boyfriend went on, she was like, you got to go on that, it's great, you guys got to love it. And, and so, you know, I'm like, you know what, I could do that. It's not a roller coaster. You see, I'm not afraid of heights. I'm not. And I'm not afraid of going fast, okay? you got to understand something about me. Um, that way, if you see me on the road, and, uh, you, and I learned to drive in Germany on the Autobahn. And so you understand something. I got one speed and it is fast. Okay, it's really fast. Uh, in case there's any police officers here. it's Not that fast. It's always under the speed limit. But I just wanted to say it. I think people in America drive slow. Okay, that's I like speed. And, and so I'm like, okay, I can do this. And it's called the wind seeker. And so you get strapped in. My wife went over. We got strapped into these, these chairs. And then it lifts you to 300 feet in the air. And then it proceeds to begin to swing you. And you know, centrifugal force, what it does to the chair is it kind of like begins to float out and you're swinging around. And I got to tell you something, I thought I hated roller coasters. I found something I hate even more. I, my wife didn't like it. She, we were both like, oh, oh my God. It's the worst feeling in the world. And I'm just telling you, I literally thought that it was over. I mean, this is where my mind goes. I'm looking around at the ground. I mean, everybody's like ants. I'm looking around. I'm like, I'll probably come, I'll probably land right there. We're probably, oh my gosh, it will be awful if we f- ride right into that ride. Like, I mean, literally, I had to close my eyes and pretend I was on the ground and pretend we were just there. It was so, because here's what anxiety does, is it always leads you to believe the worst about your situation. And so, how did the disciples see their situation? Panic. We're going to drown. We're done. Some of you in your situation... Some of you, the panic that you feel, let's be real, it maybe hasn't happened, but in your mind, the marriage is over, the the relationship is over, the the worst possible outcome, the medicine, the treatment won't work, mom's not going to make it. She won't be here this Christmas. This is where our minds go. Let me tell you how your perspective in life is shaped. It's shaped by how you view your situation. But listen, it's also, viewed by how, it's also shaped by how you view God in your situation. Here's what the disciples, I want you to see this. This is so important. How do they view Jesus in this situation? Jesus is asleep. You ever notice that when you are really anxious that you want to find somebody else to join in your misery. The last thing that you like to hear is somebody who goes, oh, it's going to be all right. Nah, you don't quit. freak out. Everything's going to work out. Those kind of people drive you nuts when you're anxious. You know? And so imagine how they view Jesus. This is so important because I need you to understand how you view God in your situation will affect your anxiety. Let let me say it to you this way. Your theology... Affects your anxiety. Your theology affects your anxiety. Your theology, when you study what you know of God, your theology affects your anxiety. Listen, here's how they viewed Jesus. They looked at him and they called him what? Do you remember what they called him? They called him teacher. They didn't see the one sleeping in the stern as being the son of God. The, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation that through him and by him, all things were created in him and through him and for him. They didn't see that. All they saw was a teacher. Rabbi, great moral leader. He, he's, I, I don't know. I just, I like what he says. And so we follow him. They, they see him and they, they call him teacher. They did not see him as someone who had the power to control the situation teacher don't you care how do you sleep when we're freaking out and they see and look over and what they see is somebody who's sleeping on them i wonder if if there's anyone here today if you be honest with yourself and god to admit that there's times in your life and maybe even your situation where you you've wondered god why are you sleeping on me why don't you answer? Why why is it that I feel like God's not answering, he's not hearing, maybe he's asleep. Several years ago, my, my oldest daughter and I were in the car, I think she was about four or five years old. We were just driving, I remember, through Pickerington, and she's in her car seat, and, 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 uh, and she, she throws out this really deep philosophical, theological question. I remember this, she's young, we're driving. She said, Daddy, she said, um, does God ever sleep and you know kids they sometimes just have you know they just I'm, I'm just trying to picture what's in her mind at that age just trying to think about God and you know does God ever sleep and I think I think that's actually a really good question I don't know if you've ever wondered does God ever sleep does the creator of the universe is he involved or, or does he have to sleep and disconnect is he always there or is he a, does God ever get tired I bet he gets tired of seven plus billion people's prayers every single day most of which are from people who don't believe in him I mean I mean you know but I'm thinking okay does God ever sleep because you know when we sleep our world shuts down our eyes are mine everything seems to shut down but guess what? Life doesn't stop. And when it's nighttime here, it's daytime someplace else. Does, does God ever sleep? And so I'm thinking, no, God doesn't ever sleep. But then I'm trying to, I'm trying to rectify that with the story in Mark chapter four because Jesus was asleep. Now, here's the thing about Jesus. Here's what I need you to understand. I know this is a little bit of theological insight, but Jesus is fully God, but he's also fully man. And it's the fully man part of him that needs to take a nap. Right, guys, you need naps, you need to sleep, you got to get some rest. And so Jesus is knocked out, he's to sleep. And I told my daughter, I I quoted to her a verse that I want to read to you. It's found in Psalm 121. This was my response back to my daughter, because this is what I always remembered. Does God sleep? The psalmist wrote this in verse three, he said, he being God will not let your foot slip. I like that he won't let your boat go down he will not let your foot slip he who watches over you will not what say that word will not slumber i know that's not a word we use a lot that means light sleep a power nap not like the rem deep sleep you know what i'm talking about that's just your kind of a sleep says he who watches over you will not slumber indeed he who watches over all of Israel—not just not you, but now all of the nation—he he sees over everything. Imagine even bigger; he's over the the world. He sees everybody. But that same God will neither neither slumber nor sleep. God does not sleep. Sometimes, if I could be honest with you, there are times when I am praying for something that I am anxious about over and over again. And I hear, I feel, I see nothing and I'm wondering, God, are you asleep? Do you see my situation? Because right now I'm in a boat that I feel like might just go under. Are you asleep in the back? But I want to remind you because your theology affects your anxiety that God does not sleep. That God will not sleep on you. That's what I looked at and told my daughter. I said, God's not going to sleep on you. God sees. God's involved. God's, God's awake. He's aware. And even more than that, here's what the psalmist said. God's watching over you. I got this picture in my mind. If you're you're a parent, I remember when both of our daughters were were little and we we would put them in their crib, you know, you'd rock them to sleep. And then I remember this, when they were really little, we would take them, sometimes my wife and I, especially firstborn. you know, when you got that brand new baby, you're like, oh, and, and get the baby to sleep. And then we'd lay her in the crib. And sometimes we would just stand there and watch her. You ever do that, parents? I mean, I think every parent does that. There's just and there's something that's so beautiful about a baby that's asleep. Hello. I'm telling you, my wife when we just look at her. We're like, oh my gosh, we did that. So we look at her and there's something so beautiful about ba- babies. Are like angels when they sleep. You ever notice that? They're so cute. They're like an angel when they're asleep. Have you ever noticed that when they're awake, they're more like a demon? than they are an angel and we would we would watch over her so proud and i wanted some of you to get a mental image no matter what you're going through that your heavenly father is looking over you and he's watching he sees you he sees the good he sees it when it's bad and his heart breaks he's not asleep he's watching God won't sleep on you. And I know that when we're anxious, we freak out. And we think, God, where are you? But I'm telling you that this truth, okay? God won't sl- I know Jesus was asleep, but God won't sleep on you. Matter of fact, there's a picture that I want you to get of this of the disciples in the boat and Jesus in the back sleeping that might actually help you when you're wrestling with anxiety. Because how is it that Jesus can sleep in the stern when everybody else is freaking out? I said your theology affects your anxiety what what i I wanted to show you today can i can i show you this i I brought something a little prop i want to i want to teach you something today that i think could help you when you feel anxious i want to teach you a pillow theology a pillow theology now don't go looking in scholarly um theologian books like wayne Grudem's systematic theology you're not going to find pillow theology you look at the index and try to find p if i ever write a a, a book on theology i'm going to write about pillow theology i was going to call this message a pillow perspective because pastors like when things alliterate but this is so much deeper than a perspective this is a theology this is how we view god and this affects our anxiety and 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 imagine this uh, that they're all freaking out but what was jesus doing jesus i like to jesus was was in the back of the boat I mean he's in the he's in the back of the boat he's asleep he's asleep in the boat oh I can just rest it's just so nice out here on the water and the boat and just rocks me to sleep and how is it that Jesus can sleep in the back of the boat while the disciples are freaking out they're going to drown. Can I tell you today, it's maybe because of the, the perspective that Jesus had while he's in the boat, that he knows that his father is in control of the wind and the waves. And when he knows that his father's in control of everything, that he doesn't have to live freaking out. He can just, oh, God's got this. I know and I'm not trying to say that to minimize what you're going through but what I'm saying is your view of God can affect how you see your experience and so here he is in the back of the boat he is snoring in the stern and all the disciples are freaking out and how is it that Jesus can do that it's because he has the right pillow theology here's what I wanted to show you today I want you every time you see your pillow You know the thing that you can't put your head on when you're anxious and actually fall asleep on at night? You know that thing that you wish could represent you getting rest but you can't rest because you're so freaked out and you got anxiety and you can't sleep because you're not sure how it's going to turn out? Listen, sometimes what we need is we need a different theology of God in the middle of our circumstance. Can I give you a pillow theology today? Here's what the pillow theology is. It's this. I can rest because God is at work I can rest because God is at work come on I want every one of you to say that out loud with me say it I can rest because God is at work come on say it again I can rest because God is at God is not only watching over you listen to me but God is also at work in your situation I know you don't believe it because I wonder if God's awake and if he sees what I'm Yes, he does see. There's not a sparrow that falls to the ground that doesn't have God's attention. Even the smallest bird, when it falls, he knows. Do you not think he sees your life? He knows every single number of hairs on the top of your head. He's got them counted because he cares so much about you. God's not only watching over you, but what you need to know is that God is also at work. So every time you see your pillow and every time you make your bed and every time you go to lay your head down, you can think, I can rest now. Because God's at work, Amen. I can rest because God's at God's at work in my situations. Romans eight twenty eight. Do y'all know that verse? It says this. It's so powerful. This is part of pillow theology. Here's what I need you to see. Because my situation looks like it's awful. It looks like it's not going to make it. But here's what God's word teaches us. This is why you need a new perspective of who God is in your situation. Romans eight twenty eight says this, and we know not we think not we hope not we wish but we know that in what things everybody say that in come on say it like you mean it in all things that God does what God come on God what God works God works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose God's at work in your situation I don't see how this can turn out. I know that's what anxiety says. God says, but you have no idea how I'm going to take that very thing that you're freaking out about and I'm going to turn around, I'm going to use it to your good. I'm going to do something so powerful in your life that you don't even know, no eye has seen or ear has heard or mind can conceive what God has for those who love Him. He's at work. So I can, I can rest. He's at work so I, I don't have to freak out. I know that's easier said than lived. So I'm in the boat with you. I know. But maybe we need reminded today. He's at work so I can rest. And I might not know the outcome. I might not know if it's going to end in divorce or I might not know if God's going to heal me on this side or Doing. I might not know how this is going to play out with my son or daughter. I might not know what's going to happen with the job. I might not know what's going to happen with the big test. I might not. But here's what I do know. I know that God is at work. I believe God's in control. See, see your theology does affect your anxiety. And if you don't know the end of this story, I'll give it to you and then we'll close. In Mark 4, 39, it, it tells us this. It says that, awake now he told the wind pipe down and he said to the sea quiet settle down i got this picture that's how we have to talk to our kids isn't it right parents quiet settle down but that's what happens when you have authority see they didn't know that jesus had the power to control the wind and the waves the weather they didn't know he did your view of god in your situation can affect your Anxiety. It says the wind ran out of breath and the sea became smooth as glass. And Jesus, he reprimanded his disciples. Why are you such cowards? And I know that sounds so strong It's trying to translate it into the English. He says, don't you have any faith at all? Can I remind you where I said, what lives in our minds in the same place of anxiety is the same place that faith can live. The, the battle that rages in our mind with anxiety is a battle against faith. I'm freaking out because this ain't gonna work out, but oh, my faith says that I know that in all things, God works them for the good. And so I gotta figure out is it my faith or is it my anxiety that's informing me? And he says they were in absolute awe, staggered. Here's what they said Who is this anyway? They asked the wind and sea at his back, and call. I might not know what is going to happen in this situation, but I know that the God who is with me is going to carry me through and he is going to do something for me. He's not against me. My God is with me and I trust him. I can rest because he's at work. Amen, church? Come on, stand up on your feet today. Come on, we're going to close. Stand on your feet, but I believe God wants to minister to some of you. I believe God wants to, to minister to you today. He wants to bring freedom to some of you today. It doesn't mean you're not going to battle with this, but listen, you're going to have a new way of looking at it because i got a pillow theology. When I see my pillow, I know I can rest because God is at work. Here's the key. Here's the key. You might have missed this. And This is if, if you're here today and maybe you, maybe you don't know God in this way you've wondered why your life is so anxious the key was actually found in mark 4 35 and you might have missed it it's the very first verse i read but it said late that day jesus he said to his disciples come on let's go across to the other side please don't miss this and then it says that they took him in the boat you see you're going to face some storms and i'm going to face some storms key is this is jesus in your life boat is he with you is he with you because there's a difference when the one who can speak to the wind and the waves the one who can provide where you're wondering where provisions coming from the one who can heal when you need healing the one who can resurrect something that is dead in your life where there's a difference when he is in the boat with you is he in the boat with you today i I just pray if you don't know him in that way that maybe today it's time to surrender your life here's what jesus said i'll leave with this and then we'll pray matthew eleven twenty eight. he said come to me all who are weary come to me all who are weary and you're carrying something heavy a burden and he said i will give you rest that's what jesus wants to do in your life today so come on would you bow your heads close your eyes at both our locations just a moment of prayer i I really believe god right now in this place that you are going to minister i believe through your holy spirit god that you want to show people that you are in control i don't know what your situation is but god i know that you do and you are watching over that god you see us that you love us so i pray right now for every anxious mind every anxious heart every anxious soul I pray, God, right now, that we would have a new perspective of you. God, we would have a higher view of you. That the one who is in the boat with us is the one who is in control. God, well, I pray that there would be rest. I pray that tonight, for maybe the first time in weeks, that God, some of your people are going to sleep better than they've ever slept. Because we can rest. Because you are at work. And listen, as we're praying, I just wonder if there's someone here today, in Lancaster or Lithopolis, watching this. Online, and I just wonder if there is someone here today that maybe what you need to do is you need to invite Jesus to get in your boat. You know, he's like, I need, to, I, I need God in my life. You've tried so many different ways and things in your life, and it's just not working. What you need is to know the Savior, Jesus. He is the sinless Son of God who came. Listen, lived as a man. He's God who came down into a body. He lived the life that we could not live. And he died the death that we should have died so that we could find hope in him. And God raised him on the third day. And there is hope today. What so many of us have found, and some of you maybe today will find, is there is hope when you say yes to him, when you say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. And so today, if that's you, if you're saying, I I, I need to surrender my life, it's time for me to invite Jesus to be in the boat, to be the leader of my life. If that's you today, would you pray this prayer with me right now? This is a prayer of faith. This is that place where faith begins to come alive in you. You say today, Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. I give my whole life over to you right now. I'm asking you, will you get in the boat? And will you lead me? Forgive me for going my own way. Today I come home to you and I ask you to be my Savior. My Lord, I commit to follow you from this day forward jesus name we pray come on everybody said come on let's just give god a praise today in this place amen